Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And welcome back to another wonderful Monday morning. Hopefully this kicks your work week off on the right foot, Hollow Colt. If not, maybe it'll make it a little less painful. We're going to dive back into the Hellfire Farm. Um, I probably have a couple more episodes. I'm kind of on the fence about what I'm cutting out from the encounter and whatnot because I feel like each little piece is significant to what the family was going through. But before it makes we get it, into- it makes it hard to go through those stories sometimes when like every little every little detail is super important to you. Yeah, they liken it to the turn of a screw. They said just just a single turn is not significant, but a lot of turns tighten it down on the family to the point to where like it, it fractures it. So I'm kind of picking and choosing as I go here. The encounter is crazy, but we got to get through some business before we jump into it. Um, today's show is going to be a little bit different. Our listener encounters, we are going to separate those from the normal show. So I know some people like the listener encounters. Some people like getting right into the meat of the uh, subjects we dive into. So we're going to come to a compromise and we'll be releasing a listener encounter episode a little bit later on in the week, probably Thursday or Friday. Uh, that way people can, everybody's happy. People can get what they want. Right? Yeah. Uh, that being said, we're going to get through the business. So check us out at all social medias. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Reddit. Search us up. Find us there. Join the cult. If you have a listener experience you'd like for us to feature on a future episode, Kyle's got the deets. You can call or text the holophone, which is going to be 618-556-0837. You can write your story out, send it over to the email, which is going to be holosguypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like an interview with us, which we are actively looking for, you can write a summary of it, shoot it over to hollowskyinterviews at gmail.com or the regular interview. It doesn't really matter. Um, you can send us weird shit or cool shit. Hollow Sky Podcast, P.O. Box 145, Field in Illinois, 62031. Uh, any way that you can get us a story or information, we appreciate it very much. We can always reference on socials as well. Uh, before long, there will be some updates on the merch store. I'm kind of uh, restocking some inventory. and I'm going to blast it all up at once. My wife made a good point. Uh, what if somebody wants an old shirt and the new stocking cap? They're going to have to pay shipping on both. So why don't you just blast them all at once? Good call. That way it helps the... The listeners save a little bit of money. I'm like, that's a good call. So she has some good ideas once in a while, and I tend to listen. We've got some new, I ordered some new dope stickers coming in too. So they should be up there shortly whenever they get in. They're supposed to be in sometime next week. So those are going to be awesome. Look out for those. The exclusive Hollow Skies for Lovers shirt will be up there. Again, there's only about 25 of those made. So they yeah, so you are have the jump on them. Exclusive, exclusive. Uh, speaking of which, this is our first day back in studio since we uh, had our little venture in Ada, Ohio with 
Fortean Airwaves, which was awesome. I'm going to take some time to touch on that. Uh, excellent. Had an it excellent was. time. The whole vibe of the whole show was just so positive. It was so cool meeting listeners, like face-to-face. You kind of develop relationships with people online, but it doesn't like solidify it until you actually get to meet them. And we saw a whole handful of the Holocult there and it was awesome. It was awesome. Like I couldn't I couldn't be happier with the way that it turned out. It was so fantastic. And hopefully next time more of the cult will show up and and help put on for everybody else involved and us. Like I said, it was just it was a really good experience. Yep. Even even the other hosts of the other shows, like we we have friendships and relationships with them being in the podcast world, but we'd never met any of them, but walking in and meeting them, it was like we were, we were all old friends. Yeah. Like it hadn't missed a beat. You know, it was, it was super cool. And you know what else is cool? Hollow Colt. Once again, another podcaster looks over at us and is like, your fans are crazy. <laughs> like they are absolutely dedicated you guys it's that's a running theme with people that we interact with in the podcast world they're like your your listeners and fans are just in the another level oh dude so awesome to hear that too i would put the holocult up against anybody else's listeners any day of the week i agree 100 percent across the board man across the board so thank you all for being who you are uh 100 percent it was awesome. I'm looking forward to the next one once that gets its footing and gets itself put together. Um, what else? Hopefully we, get, hopefully we get, we're just kind of a shoe in for that one. Yeah. Because that oh. it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, all all of the podcasts brought heater episodes. That's, that yeah. was kind of the selling point. We all did an episode that will not be heard by anyone who wasn't at the show. Which Everybody sucks because there were some years. fucking awesome ones. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, so that's a little uh, a little incentive to check the next one out. Uh, Crypticon's coming up November 18th and 19th. I think we're going to try to go and hang out there. We won't have a booth or anything. We'll probably go walk around. That's kind of our shtick at that Maybe one. Maybe we try to grab a booth at the next one. Yeah, we're kind of behind the ball. I know that thing's it is blowing up. It is getting gigantic. Yeah. So, um, hopefully we get out ahead of that and we can set up a booth. I know cryptids of the corn is going to be setting up there. So go check them out, buy some merch from them, help support all of our podcast buddies. That being said, we are going to jump right back into this hellfire farm, uh, encounter. I'm excited. So, if you haven't listened to the first two parts, I know they're kind of separated. The, our schedules have been a little wild here lately. Go back and listen to part one and two if you haven't. That way you can kind of get a grasp on what this family is going through and kind of be up to date before you listen to this one. Again, I'm probably, I'm basing it off of the book Testimony. Um, so, I'm probably about 60, 65% through the book. Like I said, I don't like to go ver like every encounter that the book has. I don't want to put in there because then you should essentially just go read the book. But to kind of hammer home what the everybody's going through, it's uh, it's rough. 
But uh, real quick, yeah, just a thought. I, I want everybody today to hear this. Um, me and Steve have to discuss yet on what day the listener experience will drop, but I will probably label it as like listener experience one and then give like a title to it. But that way it differentiates itself from the actual numbered show. So to be like labeled kind of like the night shift is now, but I'll label it as like listener experience. And then eventually I might just shut it, shorten it down to like LE two or LE three. And then give a, you know, a title like Jason sees shadow people or whatever, you know, whatever it is. But that way you all know what that is and where to find that. Yeah. That way it can keep, we can keep them separate from the regular yes. show, the night shift, and then we'll have a listener experience. Right. Show. Yeah. I like it. Good call. Good call. Um, so where we left off at part two, we had the uh, spiritualist Ray Williams had done an aura cleansing in the house on Bill and Liz with Bill noting that he didn't feel any different after the aura cleansing, which I thought was funny <laughs> because the book's so well put together. They go over the experiences that they're having and then they pull actual an actual interview with Bill and then with Liz and their thoughts on it. Um, <clears throat> so not long after the spiritualist made a second trip to the farm, not Ray Williams himself, but his other two counterparts <laughs> named Mr. Harry and Mr. Larry, which awesome. sounds like the three stooges to me. Anyway, to uh, reiterate, the rich family had started staying with Liz's mother at this point because the activity at the farm was so horrible. They met up on a Saturday morning and did a quick walk down of the outside of the house. Uh, Mr. Harry uh, doubled over in pain outside of the bathroom window. He said it felt like he was hit with some sort of electric shock to his back. After he recovered, they moved to the interior of the home and focused on the hallway between the kitchen and the bathroom. This, as you know, was kind of a focal point of the activity. Bill recounts hearing the two men as they fell into some sort of trance. He heard them laughing and using the term Presbyterian a lot and the phrase, you're not a Presbyterian. Bill asked them what they had found, and they stated, You have four beings. We've found four beings here. There's an old lady who was trapped here who couldn't escape from the house. There was a mischievous young man and another young man here, too. We've helped them. They're all gone now. Then we found something that didn't want to go. It kept telling us it was Presbyterian, but we could see through it. Our spirit guides told us that it was not a Presbyterian, it was something quite the opposite. It was something that had been conjured up from the 16th century because of what you had done in a previous life. We're not quite sure what you had done, what? but for sure we know that you've upset an alchemist from that time. And this plague, this witch, we'll call it that for lack of a better term so that you'll understand, it's been stuck to you and it's been rearing its head for about 15 to 20 years. Holy shit. Okay, so... I took it as a massive red flag at first whenever, because obviously this is a serious matter, especially to the family. And if I was listening to these shit birds walking around my house laughing, I'm instantly going to be like, you guys are full of shit. But now, unless they had previous knowledge of the situation, they pegged the lady, right? Yep. They pegged her. Uh, 
there wasn't a whole lot of evidence for the other two mischievous ones. I mean, you could chalk it up to the footsteps and to this, that, and the other. Okay. But now I'm more focusing in on the fact that it says you have angered something from your past life. <laughs> when I read that, I'm like, think of the consequences of that statement, if that are true. That's fucked. That, that means we're screwed. Yeah. If if we are, if we are in this perpetual state of like our souls being recycled and reliving lives, anything you could have done to anger someone or piss them off in the infinity that you existed could come back to fuck with you in this life. Yeah, and just wreck your life. That sucks. A lot. Because <laughs> what are the odds, and let's be honest, what are the odds that <clears throat> in every single life you're a good person? Not, not very. Not a lot. Not very. <laughs> this poor like, dude is... Guaranteed in one of your lives you were a piece of shit. This poor dude is suffering. His business is failing. His family's falling apart. And it's because of something he did to an alchemist fucking 700 years ago. That, I mean, what? talk... Uh, it must have been bad because that's that you want to talk about playing the long game on this Bro, one. That is some long time pettiness that this dude was pissed. Yeah. yeah. It makes me wonder what like Bill's other previous lives had suffered through from that point. Did this yeah. dude just, just keep hammering like every, every life Bill had. Bro. And if like, that's oh, the case pay now, <laughs> homie must've done something real fucked up. Dude. Real <laughs> fucked up to like, if it's like what you're saying, every single life from from 700 years ago sucks. He's just smoking all of them. Sucks. That's terrible. <laughs> Again, Bill is sort of a skeptic, but he is inclined to believe the spiritualists because, like, he had likened it to a mechanic the last time, not having any kind of um, idea or in depth mechanical knowledge. You have to take their word for it. You know what I mean? You don't have anything to compare it to. You don't have anything right. to differentiate it from. Uh, so he drove directly to Liz's mother's house. Uh, the drive was some sort of a double-edged sword for Bill because his skeptic nature made it hard for him to take in the fact that an alchemist or a witch from four, five, six hundred years ago could have this much of a profound effect on his life today. But on the other hand, it did offer him some sort of solace because it was the only bit of an ex explanation that he had as to why whatever this was, was focused so hard on him. You know, it was like, he almost felt victimized at the farm that so much of this was focused on him. When they told him that, he was like, okay, this starts to make sense. Even as off the wall and far-fetched as it is, it provides a reason as to why they're focused on me. It's kind of uh, clashing, too, because you have the all the neighbors that are like, yeah, there's no luck from that place. Like, it's a shit place because of what they did. Yeah. Like, how they built it. So, is that is that suggesting that just maybe the, there were some residual spirits there? at that point and then he drugged this thing in not to mention another acknowledgement to the alchemist witch little tip of the hat think about how fucking sinister that is i'm gonna start building your life up 
you're going to be, you're, you're going to about be a famous ass painter. And then I'm going to rip your entire life apart. And think about how it all fell in his lap. Like this, this farm falls in and the rent's super low. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's so uh, inspiring to my painting and everything is just perfect. And once it, once it gets its hooks in, it's like, guess what? It's go time. Guess what? You almost feel, you almost have sympathy for Bill because he feels so bad at all the trauma he's causing his family. Because when he got back to Liz's mother's house, he immediately started apologizing to her. Like everything that's happening is my fault. Like something in my past life is causing all this. And Liz, Liz being the one who's trying to keep a level head, she's like, shut up. She's like, listen to what you're saying. She immediately dismissed him. She's like, this is not your fault. She's like, the odds of like, think about what you're saying, Bill. Think about what you're saying. That you, from a time that you didn't exist, pissed somebody off, and now they're coming back now and making our lives miserable. You are not to blame. You need to ease your mind and we'll get this sorted out. It is kind of unfair punishment. Yeah. But because home, like you can't. Even if it happened 20 years ago, unless it was something like killing a child or whatever, but people evolve from their past, you know, you change, you're not that same thing anymore. And not to mention over the course of 700 years, I would hope that you would deviate in a way of like, Hey, maybe I shouldn't be a piece of shit anymore. Maybe I should be a good person. (laughs) 700 years might be a little long, but I know. So if it's 16th century, that would be the 1500. So that's probably five, 500 years long enough. It doesn't matter at this, at this juncture. It is centuries back. Yeah. Um, so from this point, he goes back to the mother-in-law's house and he's apologizing and feeling so guilty for everything that's going on. Liz is trying to ease his mind they start getting weird visitors to the house. Uh, by July of 1990, the family had no choice but to move back into the farm. Uh, one day, everything was so terrible at the house that they just needed to get the hell out of there. So Bill, Liz, and Ben decided, their youngest son decided to drive into town to have lunch with Liz's mother, just to sort of get the hell out of the house. Lawrence, uh, Bill's son from another marriage, you know, he's suffering through his own dealings with the house decided to stay because he doesn't want anything to do with the family at this point. He's so locked into dealing with on his, on his own, like his aversion of the family and the seclusion had amplified to the point to where they don't even talk anymore. As they're driving to town, they notice a car heading toward the farm. They just assumed it was tourists and didn't think a whole lot about it. They pull into the driveway and this account comes directly from Lawrence. He says, the car pulled up into the house and I met them at the door. The driver, a man in his 50s, was dressed strange. He had rings covering all of his fingers. He had two companions. They were two young women in their 20s, both attractive and scantily dressed. They weren't tourists, but they were foreign. They said they were French and they were registered exorcists who were living in the Pyrenees. The man wanted to meet Bill and Liz, but I told him they'd just miss him and they looked very disappointed. The man claimed that he had dreamed of the house and what was happening in it, and the dream told him to get us get to the farm as soon as possible. They asked if they could look around, and I said yes. 
They went from room to room and then around the garden talking to themselves. They said something about a black cat and a stone cross and that the answer lies underground. Something about a pagan burial ground. After a while, they went back to the hall where the man got out a compass. I looked at it with him and it just went wild. It was spinning and spinning. After that, they thanked me and they left. That's weird. It is weird. Like, gives you weird ass vibes when it's almost like he was dressed like a, had the persona of like a fucking mob boss or something. That's what I thought too when he was talking about the rings and, uh, like my brain went like King of Solomon slash mob boss. Yeah. And you, you think, I know Bill had went and did interviews with the local paper. But you, there, there is no note that it had made it any further than this. So the fact that it would make it all the way to France seems uh, illogical to me. Seems seems yeah. like it wouldn't happen. But again, now there are there are other people terrible. involved. There are other yeah. people involved who could have spread that message. But did these does this trio ever represent themselves, or are they just out? Uh, as of where I'm at now, no. They're just but, out? Yeah, they, they came. Uh, Lawrence told them that they could wait for Bill and Liz to come back, but they said they had to catch the ferry back. They just had enough time to come through. They wanted to meet with them, tell them about the burial ground. Oh, okay, and okay. And they were going to leave, so they didn't well, get I to thought, leave. I thought they were like going to do something. Nope. They're just like we're just going to give you a lead and then goodbye. I think you'll come to you'll come to find out all of these spiritualists they get here and they realize they're in over their head so they just bounce. Or they'll that push sucks. it off on someone else. That sucks. So keep that in mind because that comes back up the pagan burial. Uh now it's the end of July in 1990 and their phone is completely cut off. They are totally cut off from the outside of the world. There's no connection outside of travel to meet up with anybody. Oddly enough, Bill wakes up one morning and his fingers are completely healed. As you know, in the last episode, they they had just busted open one night and were just bleeding and just horrible. It, it took away his ability to paint, which is what they used to make their living on. Oh, yeah, so he has hot dog fingers. Yeah, it was just chopping him down in, in every facet of his life. He had been, again, it's noted he'd been to multiple doctors. He'd switch paints. He'd switch cleaning project or products and thinners and anything to try to allevi- alleviate why his fingers had busted open. He said he went to bed in, in horrible pain, them all wrapped up and bleeding. He woke up the next morning and they were completely healed. What? He, yeah, he... He said he likened it to whatever was in this house because he had talked about not being able to provide for his family, how depressed it got him. He said, my depression had got to the point of despair, which is, it sounds like the words of, of a man on his last leg, right? You're literally walking the tightrope. Yes. He said, it's as if whatever was in the house had took him to the brink of the abyss to show him what it was capable of, and then they could take that away at any moment. So they put that like in. I don't like that. No. So what is that? Is that saying 
make a deal with me? Or is that saying, watch how long this is going to be? I don't know. Because Bill's paintings start to take a turn now. Interesting. He was painting, uh, you know, beautiful scenic, uh, like landscapes, and he was painting animals and all this very positive um, stuff. But it takes a turn. So with his ability to paint back in full force, the only place he could really find solace on the farm is in his studio. So he spent most of his time there grinding out what he was calling his masterwork. At this point, only showed the outline of a still beating heart, which is very far off from what he was painting. That's like a whole other genre. Yes. Not saying that it, w- it wouldn't look cool. Yeah. But it's way, way, way different. Yes. Keep that in mind because that comes back too. One day while Liz and Ben were out in town, a car pulled up uh, as Bill was in his studio. Out of the car came a familiar face. It was Mr. Harry with an older couple that Bill had not met before. They were Dutch. They had heard about uh, Hill Fanog at a seminar in Cardiff. Upon hearing it, they had an inexplicable urge to visit the farm. With no way to contact Bill because the phone line had been cut off, Mr. Harry just decided to drive them out. But at this point, Bill welcomed any help he could get. You know, it seems like every time a uh, spiritualist came to the house and cleansed it, it would there would be a lulling period where everything would tone down, but then it would ramp back up. So is that is that a testament to... <clears throat> All of it is that is that so these people coming in, they have some juju, but they just don't have enough, or is it a testament to the the dementedness of the entity that just goes, Okay, watch this. I'm gonna let them think that it lulls me a little bit, and then I'm gonna come back and smack them across the mouth. I think it's both. Yeah. Honestly, I think a lot of these people that are coming in have no idea what they're getting into. And I also think that it's doing this to sink its claws into the family more because every time it lulls itself away, they get this false sense of hope. Like everything comes back to the way it was when they moved in. Everything's beautiful. You know, like, oh, maybe this is really the chance that we're going to have to move forward. And then it just comes back with a one, two right afterwards. And then that's like the the absolute worst cycle there too. Yeah. It's a, it's almost like, like cause you, like you talk of how it, the way you referenced it earlier about like pushing you to the edge, like that cycle is what pushes you over the edge, but it prolongs that suffering because it's like it, it builds a little bit more it adds a couple more bricks to you for you to walk out on. And then it takes it away and then it adds a couple more bricks and it just keeps this, this back and forth, dynamic and um, oh my god i can't i can't even imagine like the cycle your soul takes in those moments how it just shatters and shat like just giant chunks of it are getting chipped off yeah that's that's why bill kept liking it to the turning of a screw he says each yeah. time it's just a little bit and hearing it from the outside it's like oh there was footsteps in the house you know like oh we'll write that off oh there was a weird smell in the house but he said each time it was wrenching that screw down a little bit more until once a screw is tightened in you can't pull it back out right 
So the Dutch couple walked the perimeter of the farm while Mr. Harry spoke to Bill. They wanted to try something from the seminar to see if it could help in issues of the home. Harry called it creating a psychic wall, which I found interesting because we talked to J.J. Rose. She's a light worker and she sort of sort of does the same thing, like creating, she calls it her bubble. Yeah. Right? So I kind of liken the two similar. She'll correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure. Yes. But again, at this point, Bill was down for anything. You know, his whole family's falling apart. Like he needs the help. The Dutch woman stated that she had encountered the spirit of a witch, a tall, blurry. It was tall, blurry, hard to make any details out, but it had a very strong presence at the farm. She stated it was a witch because she could make out the conical black hat uh, that are kind of tied with the mythology of witches. She also stated that the woman uh, felt. She also, okay, the Dutch woman stated that the number seven was very important to what was happening there. Uh, she asked Bill if that was important to him, and the only thing he could think of was in the first episode, he, he had a pet pig they had to put down. He said his pet pig had seven rings in its snout. That was the only thing he could think of that was tied to seven. Uh, about the same time, the Dutch man entered the kitchen and asked Bill if he knew any witchcraft that had taken place at the farm. Bill stated that he was not aware, and the man went on to explain that he had seen part of a coven here in the barn where Bill's studio was. There was seven witches. They did, or there were seven witches to the coven. I guess he was like, uh, he didn't see them in person, but he was doing some sort of like uh, remote viewing, I'm assuming, and saw them either from the past or what have you. They did another walk around and met at the door to Bill's studio. They said they felt tremendous power, dark power in the land itself. They were convinced that the house had been built on a sacred site pre-christian probably pagan burial ground this immediately piqued bill's attention because it was the same thing that the french exorcists had mentioned the two groups were not aware of one another that's crazy very odd another thing that i would like to throw out there um and i'm just kind of throwing shit at the wall to see if it sticks here but you talk about um time being like everywhere it it's not just linear like it goes every it goes every which direction like yeah. what's 5000 years ago is technically happening now you know you you mix that with um parallel dimensions all that stuff is it possible would it be possible if in an alternate timeline running the exact moment we are or another universe. For me, it's easier to picture another universe, another world that is identical to ours. But in his home site is is a is a coven site. You know what I'm saying? And they're yeah. both existing at the same time, but in different times. Yes. Yeah. 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 But is it possible that those bleed over? Like it by them doing what they're doing is actually bleeding over and making his home site, which could be natural, you know, perfectly fine. But because in a different parallel universe or time, it is now a, a overcharged site of negativity yeah. that All just right. taints the existence of that site throughout dimensions. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how the theory goes that past, present, and future is all happening at the same time. And when those 
when those interlap or the the separation between them grows thin, these things pass over. The Mandela effect, deja vu, even to the point of, hey, hollow cult, the weather's getting nice. And you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized and with regular live music and events there's no in-store experience like it so just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin hollow sky branded boots how awesome would that be nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots if you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Uh, spirits and ghosts and entities seeing things from the past. Uh, God, that oh, wow! Like thinking about that, like really fucks with you. Because like, what if you, you hear about weird areas that just magically become toxic? You know what I mean? Like, just like, oh, we can't explain why the plants and animals are dying here. Yeah, dude. But it, what what if like there was a nuclear war in the future sometime? You know what I'm saying? And there's like yep. this bleed over effect. Yeah, and there's there's Dude, weird fucked up. There's weird weird uh, residual sightings that don't even have to do with death. I remember reading one about this man that would go jogging every morning, and he'd essentially wear the same thing. He'd wear like like a blue jogging suit with a red headband, and he would jog every morning, every morning in the same thing. Wash it and jog. He moves away from the neighborhood, right? Doesn't not die. Dead, not dead. Just moves away people can continue to see a translucent man jogging down the street in a blue jogging suit with a red bandana. That's fucking weird. It's fucking weird. (laughs) But that's what we're here for. That is. All right. So, (laughs) um, again, the two groups were not aware of one another. The spiritualist went on to tell Bill that the spot was chosen because it was on the confluence of three ley lines which made it an incredibly powerful spot. They stated that the spots such as these attract attentions 
of ghosts and other entities, quote, ghosts and other entities that exist in the realms beyond our day-to-day realities. Which is gross. Yes. It's gross. They also revert back to Bill being the center of the activity and the curse that had been placed on him. They stated that the entire rich bloodline was cursed and that it had been passed to him about 20 years ago. He did recount that things had started to go awry 20 or so years ago, but also that his father had horrible bad luck for at least 50 years. They asked Bill for information on his family, but they couldn't really pinpoint anything that could have uh, set off the curse as far as his family bloodline goes. So there wasn't like any deaths in the family at that time? Nothing particular, nothing that stood out, right? Because that's where my my brain was going. I was like, well, maybe 20 years ago somebody passed away and then the the curse jumped to the next lineage. Then they asked Bill about his past and if anything could trigger this. Bill forgot this little tidbit here. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, gosh, Bill. What did you do? Bill remembered. About 20 years ago when I was a student... I lived in a flat in a flat where the caretaker was Alex Sanders, known as the King of the Witches back then. Oh. He offered to make me a witch so I could become a successful oh. painter. The thought appealed to me at first. I started the initiation, but I pulled out part of the way through, noting that it wasn't the way I wanted to become renowned for my art. So I looked up in the book testimony they they call him alex saunders but i don't mm-hmm. know if it was a misspelling or if it's been translated different so i looked up our friend alex sanders here born oral this is according to wikipedia alex sanders born the 6th of june 26 6 6 26 died april 1988 born oral alex alexander carter who went under the craft name verbius he was an english occultist and high priest in the modern pagan religion of wicca responsible for founding and later developing uh, with Maxine Sanders, the tradition of Alexandrian Wicca also called Alexandrian witchcraft during the 1960s. He was elected as King of the Alexandrian witches in 1965. He, as he was directly descended from witches and equipped with knowledge that outstrips his or outstripes his witches. Uh, we formally know him as the authority on Alexandrian witchcraft. So he's legit. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. And he sounds like a not so great individual. Not to mention, did I just hear the chinchilla? Uh, running on the wheel? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because yeah. you started talking about him. It was right after the Simpsons. <laughs> and I heard a... Yeah. It almost sounded like crazy. you like... It almost sounded like you leaned back in the chair real hard. It could have been. Well, it was probably the chinchilla. He gets yeah. a little wild. Um... Again, the spiritualist couldn't say for sure if his interactions with Sanders was what sparked the curse, but they finished building the psychic wall around the property and continued on with the ritual in the kitchen, stating that it would cleanse the home. The Dutchman marked out a pinnacle on the kitchen floor, drawn in one fluid movement, which he said was absolutely necessary for the protection to work. His wife stood in the kitchen with her arms stretched out in a cross-like pose to prevent anything from entering. Incense was lit lit on all points of the pinnacle, and then the man called on the spirits not to attack and to leave the home immediately. They told Bill that any time he felt threatened, to draw the pinnacle on the floor, light some incense, and stand in the pinnacle for protection. They shook Bill's hand, and they went on their way. No. 
<laughs> no. At this point, I'm cutting my losses, I think. Yeah. Uh, imagine how shitty that feels to be told, hey, listen, there's not a whole lot we can do, but if you feel scared, draw this sus-ass image on the ground, <laughs> light some stuff around it, and then stay inside of it, and you'll be good. You'll be I, good. <laughs> I do want to note that further into the book, they like because it started that all these spiritualists that came in here were painting a really negative light on uh Wicca and witchcraft. The author does come forward a little bit later to say that this was done more so out of fear than anything else. They feel like the spiritualists were getting witchcraft and Wicca confused with other negative uh institutions yes practices so Mm. before anybody comes at me like uh you're painting witches in a bad light (laughs) this is from the book and they do come back around to fix it (laughs) well if it was me at that point i would just consider drawing the big sigil around my entire property and getting some gnar ass tiki torches and being like i just burn the house down yeah, that would probably be a good second or first option there. <laughs> um, as before, this seemed to work. Again, like like they stated, Bill in the back of his mind thought that the entity was just kind of pulling back. Um, but the family, as they moved back in, stated that the feeling of evil and oppression had completely dissipated from the home. Bill's head started to clear a little bit, and he immersed himself back into his paintings. He stated that when he would paint now... It was almost as as if he wasn't even there. He would lose himself in a trance-like state, only to snap back into reality when he finished his works, as if he didn't paint them himself. Oh. Like something else was painting for him. Oh. And you know, that kind of like legitimately plays to the deal he tried to do. I kind of thought that as well. Almost like you're making a deal with the devil there, big dog. Yeah. As things are picking up, he also received his first commission in months. One of the farm families in town, the Gandys, commissioned a painting of their favorite horse. Bill was elated that his luck might be turning around. Providing for his family could be something that he could possibly do again, so he was fucking stoked. He drove over to the farm and started rough sketching the horse and taking some pictures of uh, the Breckens for an ideal backdrop for the painting. As Bill began sketching the backdrop of the Breckens, a local farmer was out walking his dog. Bill knew of the man, but didn't know him personally. But the man stopped to make some small talk, good morning, how are things, etc. He then started talking about the problems that the locals had started experiencing. He stated that a blight had descended on the area. Lambs and calves were being born blind, deaf, and deformed. The farmers had never seen anything like it, and the local vets had no explanations. The farmers were worried that they were, their whole livelihood was going to fail with, with whatever was happening around the Breckens. Curious, Bill asked the farmer when this all started. The man racked his memory and gave Bill the first date of, or the date of the first deformed birth. Bill made a mental note of the date and it was the day it was exactly the day after the spiritualist had built the psychic wall around the farm. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. So that's fucking weird because 
I don't know, like my brain doesn't know how to process that because you would think that by building a wall around the farm does two things. I mean, a wall is like a prison wall. It keeps things out, but it should also keep something in. <laughs> it's dude. Because at this point, it's almost like some outside force like this, this evil dude in from the past is beaming energy into this guy's house. And now that there's a protective wall up. It's bouncing off and just spreading like a fucking plague. Almost like through the town. All right. You, you put me, you put me in check here. I can't get to you, but guess what? I can get to right. Everyone around you. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird, man. <clears throat> It gets, it's so fucking weird. Because, like, doesn't that in a way suggest that it's not the house to a degree? But that sort of, I guess, at the same time, you we assume that these entities and stuff are stuck in location. Maybe it was like a sphere that gets put in where it can't operate within this sphere. So it's like, all right, well, I'll just go, I'll just walk outside the sphere and wreak havoc there. Yeah. Yeah, and it it gets it's almost like uh, after we get to this, I'll I'll put put into words what I'm thinking here. So Liz noted that she had seen the change in the personality of the farm as well. It felt as if they did when they had first moved in. It was light, happy, almost as if everything evil had dissipated. Bill used this ease of the negativity to focus headstrong on his painting and his commission. The Gandhi's commission was coming along great. Uh, he noted that the whole painting was gorgeous. The backdrop was absolutely beautiful. He, everything was coming together except for one of the horse's back legs. Bill noted it's so hard to paint and sketch uh, animals with a, uh, with different joints and muscle structures that it was, it's, it's rough anyway let alone with all the stuff that he had been going through. He tried and tried and tried, but he couldn't get it quite right. But with the beautiful scenery backdrop he had painted perfectly and the rest of the painting flawless, he just kind of did the best he could and finished up the painting. He sent it to the Gandys and they absolutely loved it. At this point, after being paid for the commission, they saved up some money and got their phone line reconnected to ease some of the isolation from the farm since the heaviness had subsided. But the first call was from Mrs. Gandy to inform Bill that their favorite horse had passed away. The horse that Bill had painted in the commission a few weeks earlier. She stated that the horse had injured its rear leg, the rear leg that Bill had so many problems in with the commission. Despite all attempts from the vet, the horse got worse and worse. In the end, the leg was all twisted and misshapen, similar to how Bill had painted it. When it died from the injury, the, Gandy, the Gandys buried it where it fell. It was only after when they revisited the grave that they realized that Shut the up. horse had died in the exact spot that Bill Shut had the painted it in the commission. Up. Exactly to a T. The hills, the trees, the bushes all lined up exactly in the random spot that he had chosen to paint the horse. Mrs. Gandy left Bill with a single line that hit him in the heart. He said, or she said, everything you said that was happening at, at Helfenog is now happen, happening to us. 
So it was almost as if the power was showing Bill that they could keep it from the house, but they couldn't keep it away from everything. Almost like it was spiting him, showing him that it could still have control, even if it was kept away. Yeah. And then it... (laughs) My Lord, like it either has the ability to just utterly manipulate the situation, but to a degree, it has like prophetic abilities now to a degree like it just makes him paint the future mishappening it's that ain't, my lord that is fucking crazy because bill had noted that while they didn't blame him they said you could hear kind of the accusatory tones when they were talking oh i'm sure the last time that they spoke to bill was to tell him that they had burnt the painting and they never spoke to him again. They interviewed Mr. Gandhi in the book and he stated that the horse's name was Echo. He stated that while they didn't blame Bill for the mishaps, he got the horse had got some sort of infection in its hoof. Normally very easy to um, correct, but they said no matter what the vet did, it, it just kept getting worse to the point where it got into the muscle, caused a blood infection, and the horse died. Um, He said it was eerie how much the misshapen leg on the horse looked like the horse in the picture. And when they put the backdrop, when they finally like put it together where they buried the horse was the exact spot that Bill had painted the horse. He's like, we don't blame the guy, but it's just a little too strange to pass over. Well, it made everything you, you heard reality at that point in your brain yeah you know what i mean because you could be the type that's obviously they didn't buy into it too much because they still commissioned him for a painting yeah you know and then and then you put those subtle pieces together and you go what the fuck you know and not to mention very well paid attention to there too it's that's a those are the types of details that always need to be like they're easily overlooked Right, the way the leg looks, the 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 scenery, like you could see how someone could easily overlook that detail. Yeah, and just I couldn't be like, imagine. Damn, my horse died. Yeah, I couldn't imagine looking at that painting and then making the connection. Like, holy shit! Yeah, but it does also kind of make sense too because Bill went on and on about how flawless the scenery was in that image. So, ideally, that's like. Most likely, I envision that's what people's eyes get pulled to. Like, it stands out because it was so well done, so beautiful. And he probably chose landmarks that kind of stick out. And then, obviously, if you're looking at the painting, you notice, man, the back leg there's a little bit boogered up. But everything else about this painting is just gorgeous. I couldn't be happier with it. A little boogered up on the leg, but we'll just call it a wash. And then you you witness your, your favorite horse. And you notice that the leg's a little boogered up, and you're like, wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Ah, it's just weird, man. <laughs> Hold up. Fucking crazy. Um, Beyond weird at this point. Bill went on to note that the psychic wall that was built, part of the barrier was a stream that ran on the outside of the home. And there wasn't a whole lot of water that ran through it, and it was dry that July when they made when they made the barrier. He said that fall, 
um, when everything was kind of melt- melting coming off the mountain, the stream f- was so full it jumped its banks. And he said it was as if that completely destroyed the running of the water, broke the wall. Everything Weird. returned. Everything Weird. returned except for the smells and the footsteps. Everything else was amplified. They called in uh, Reverend Brian Jones and a Reverend Roy Matthews of Holy Trinity Church in uh, Aber- Abergavney. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um, when they cleansed the house, this is what, like the fifth set of spiritualists at this house, they too saw these same four entities that had been sent out of the house multiple times. Two young men, an old woman, and a fourth more powerful entity. They use the term demonic in this one. How do they how do they evict the same ones? They broke the everything gate back just open, like, bro. <laughs> yeah, everything I guess everything just kinda comes back home, yeah. essentially. Just sort of set itself back in. That's fucking weird. Because I can understand the powerful one not being able to be shooed away, but the fact that they tag the exact same description as the last guys. I'm I'm halfway wondering if this this powerful entity has some sort of hold over these other three. The old That's woman that point. can't escape and the two younger younger men that couldn't escape. Um that sucks. during during this cleansing, they specifically God, hopefully they aren't failed witches. <laughs> they specifically noted walking the spirits out the doors and closing the doors behind them to, to get them away from the property. I'm assuming they also called on the blood of Jesus to protect the house and bind Satan out again. This satiated whatever was happening at the home for quite a while, almost three months, everything was fine. And then boom comes back in just sucker punched all over again they call Reverend Matthews back out. He comes out to the house for a weekend trying to rid them again. When he left, they noted that he looked so drained of energy and so beat up that like, you could tell this man was at war with whatever was in this house. They said this only satiated the house for three days. Then they called him again, and he, wa- he said, there's nothing I can do. He says, you're going to have to find somebody else. So it put another, another person, another person of spirituality has thrown in the towel on this farm. Meanwhile, it sucks sucks because like poor Bill, even if he left the home, he doesn't even know at this point if it would help. No. Because if, if he's buying into the whole like generational thing, that means you're screwed, man. Yeah. To, Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't know what to do at this point. Like his mindset has to be so fractured now. Like you don't even know like what what's the answer? Where do you turn at this point? You know point? what? That's another another question I have for anybody listening. So say say Bill goes and tries to be this witch with this fucking crazy dude who's super powerful in the occult and all that jazz. Is it possible if he pisses this guy off by not completing his witchcraft? schooling is it possible for that dude to now implement a curse and a a generational curse but is it possible so kind of try to keep up with me 
He places the curse on Bill. And he says this is a generational thing. So fuck all of you. Is it possible from that point to now infect the past and the future? And it's in its, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, like in the past, Bill's relatives were just fine. But now because of what he did in present time, that infection now spreads to the past. My, you're, you're firing, you're firing. It's getting my brain firing. What if Sanders, Saunders, Sanders. Yeah. That's the dude I'm talking about. Is the alchemist from the past lives. The 500 Gross. years ago. And they're just destined to intertwine with one another throughout Could eternity. Be 100%. That makes a lot of sense, too. Because they only reference it as an alchemist, which I yeah. mean, kind of sounds like it's in the same and vein. They, and they said, they said, for lack of better terms. Yeah. They didn't, like, they knew that it wasn't like a legit straight up alchemist that just like that was their best description. Yes. For what it was. It just hit me when you were talking like, like past curses. I'm like, what if this motherfucker was him? Could be. And now they're destined to do this forever. Yeah. This dude is hell bent, dead set on ruining Bill's life until he accepts the offer, which so far Bill's still trying to fight it off. (laughs) I'll Um, blame him, but damn, that's an uphill fight. In this time period, the riches have another child, the birth of Rebecca, which adds, which is a whole, a whole new kind of stress, but also a blessing, you know, as with Ben, Rebecca's birth seems to uptick everything in the home. Um, Liz notes she was washing dishes one day with the children and she looks out right at the periphery of the yard where the uh, forest starts, she begins to see entities. She can't make out what they are, just that they're about seven foot tall, they have a humanoid shape, and they're, they're black. Fuck that. She begins seeing them fairly frequently, so much that she has ran out multiple times to engage with them what? Only for them to disappear. Is she insane? As of, at first, she thought it was just a person fucking with her. It's she, seven foot tall. <laughs> you don't just run out there and try to fight a seven foot tall thing. I don't know how they grow them out there. You know, I just. But when she said when oh, she went, there was Lord. no sign anyone was there. No grass was pressed down. Nothing. Keep in mind, up to this point. Liz had only seen the old woman in the home. She'd seen her at least five times. The spiritualist had also seen her once in the house. And like we stated, had described her to a T. When Bill was rearranging some old furniture that was left in his studio, he came across a photo that was underneath the furniture left by the previous owner, Mr. Holborn. He grabbed the photo and immediately thought, this looks like the woman Liz is describing. Takes it to Liz. Liz immediately uh, confirms that it is the woman. It is the mother of the man that you stole the house. Everything is exactly as Liz had described it. Uh, the hair, the face, the clothes, it was completely her. Again, up to this point, she was the only entity that was seen in the home. But it was almost as if 
them identifying her had opened some sort of door that let a whole bunch of other shit in. Um, Liz recounted a day that she was bringing the kids in from playing outside. As she stepped through the door, she saw a black mass in the form of a man over seven feet tall, duck its head into the kitchen as she was bringing the kids in. It was the first time she'd seen one in the house. Fuck that. She stated that it was as if this particular entity had ripped a breach into some sort of wall that was protecting the home and with it, terror and fear flowed unabound. Nope. So two things. One, fuck that. Fuck (laughs) that. Two, reminds me of the dream you had. To a fucking T. First thing I thought of. First thing I thought of when it was ducking through. I'm like, no. To a fucking T. I'm good. Because like the size wise, the ducking through the door, all of it. Gives me goosebumps. To a T. Exactly what you experienced. Gives me goosebumps. Get out of here. Yep. Um, We're almost to the end here. Uh, So, again... The way she states that this thing, whatever it, whatever it was, tore a hole in the veil that was that was yeah. keeping the fear and terror out. It was so bad. Liz immediately called her mother and said, "Can we come and stay with you again, please? Please let us stay with you." So uh, her mother got everything together and they left the next day to go move in with the with Liz's mom. Do not blame her. No. The second day of their stay, Liz's mother noticed a small pool of water on the bathroom floor. Again, this by itself isn't too alarming, but Bill and Liz at this point do not discount things like this happening. Bill could find no explanation for the puddle. It wasn't a spill from one of the kids. Nobody had even been in the bathroom at the time. Bill checked the ceiling for leaks, checked the pipes, checked checked everything, checked the roof, nothing, no signs of water, no discoloration. It had just manifested. Liz mopped up the puddle. The next day, it was there again. Same size, same spot, no cause. Whatever this was, was letting it know that it had followed them to Cowbridge, to her mother's home. The following day, as Liz's mother was walking through the living room, she noticed a small, strange stone lying in the middle of the floor. As she picked it up to examine it, she noticed that it was a pendant, but it was missing its chain. It was a little over half an inch long, oval in shape, black and green. It was old, and it looked ancient. She could vaguely make out some sort of Egyptian design on it. She had never seen it before and assumed it was Liz's, she had, that she had stopped and dropped. Upon showing Bill and Liz, they confirmed that neither of them had ever seen the pendant before, which made the appearance of it even stranger, almost that it came out of thin air. Yeah, now it's got ties to ancient Egyptian gods. Yeah, which I think in the first one, they had some shit happen in Egypt. I'm going to revert back and see. Because yeah, I think I remember that. hearing some Egypt shit. Bill grabs the pendant. Person, I, thought, I thought the pendant was going to have something to do with pagan gods. And that this was some type of pagan god being pissed. It, but now you say Egyptian, and this runs all the way back to that. Yeah. What in the fuck? Way pre-Christianity. And it almost makes you, it, it almost gives credence to, to all of these ancient uh, societies may have been dealing with the same gods. 
Oh, I, I, I guarantee it. I guarantee. And what's weird is, it's so such weird fucking timing. Um, I, I've kind of been ignoring social medias for the most part because of everything that's going on. But <clears throat> I got on today and noticed a clip that Avery posted. Yeah. In her, for her interview with Ryan Bledsoe, and he's talking religion and stuff like that, and he references Egypt in the clip. Weird. It's fucking. Re- it's really, really weird timing. Very weird. Um. Again, Bill went to grab the pendant to examine it and immediately dropped it and shouted in pain. He said it was as if a bolt of electricity shocked him as soon as he picked it up. Bill scooped it up into a newspaper, took it outside, and smashed the pendant to pieces with a hammer. Oh, that sounds safe. That's where we'll end it today. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking asshole. (laughs) I like it, but this episode has been a fucking banger. It's so... (sighs) Dude, you just... There's so many, like, twists and turns. Like, it's like watching an M. Night Shyamalan Malaykum movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. I'm trying to think. I know you, you can't even. You can't even. I. I can't even begin to like predict where this story is gonna go. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm reading through it and like, like so. I'll read. I'll read a chapter and then I'll summarize it and put it into uh, into the episode. But I'll I'll get to reading and I'm like I won't stop reading. I'm like what? I'm sure. Happen next. I'm sure because it's just like, it's it's like it it keeps your. It's like whenever I was doing. Stardust, the story just doesn't let down, and there's so many, like you you become so fascinated with it that you can't you can't put it down. You just keep going. Yep, it is. It's fucking awesome. What a story! It's ridiculous. Wow. I'm gonna go back. I know there was reference to Egypt. I don't know if I talked about it in the first episode, but I'm gonna go back and look. And when I come in for episode four again, there there probably there might be two more left i will uh circle back since we're since i'm ending it right here on egypt i'll circle back and see if it ties ties together because i think that it did i remember reading something about it that's awesome but again go back well don't go back now because you've already listened to episode three but tune in for the next installment of the hellfire farm and we will see what the riches are going through because as of right now Everything sucks. Everything sucks. Very much. Thanks again, Hollow Cult, for hanging out with us. Check us out at all our social medias. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast and come be a part of the Hollow Cult. And until we meet again, stay safe, stay weird, and just hope that in your past hundred lives you have not pissed off some alchemist somewhere because that's probably why shitty things are happening.